0: Welcome to Diva's Diamonds and Dollars Podcast, The Business of Life Well Lived. Our podcast is a culmination of dreams that would not die, dreams for empowered women coming into their own. We're two sisters, two divergent paths taken. One a global nomad looking for her forever home, business savvy multipreneur, and the other a woman of faith and formal, former civil servant whose journey brought her to developing a passion for setting high standards for herself, as well as leading and mentoring others to be their best self. So during this weekly confab, we take on the world. Okay, maybe not the whole world, but definitely we talk about all the things that are on the minds of women today. We talk about those things that keep you up all night, we talk about those burning questions in your mind and all the questions that you have and you're seeking answers. Well, we have probably one or two good answers for you, but in any case, we invite you into our living room every Sunday and we look forward to sharing a little bit of ourselves with you, providing some best practices, if you will, on how to get through the day and bounce back from all those things that want to shake us up a little bit. We're looking forward to hanging out with you, and we invite you to please leave your comments and suggestions anytime you wish. We're on all the popular podcast platforms, and we look forward to hanging out. Stick around.
1: So with that introduction, what are we going to talk about today? If you are a manager, chances are you are going to have a fireside chat with an employee. You know, chat sounds one thing, fireside kind of leads you to another. Sometimes it seems like a comfortable feeling, but guess what? So let's think about the environment that we're in today. Teleworking requires expectation management and employee accountability. So the COVID-19 pandemic created an extra layer of management and accountability due to the sudden need to shelter in place. Like teleworking, but not knowing when you would meet again in person. We have never had a shutdown of the entire country. This layer of management requires you to be connected with your employees and that they still meet your work expectations in a timely manner with quality results. Some behavior forces you to have the meeting of this chat. So both Reese and I are gonna share examples and then we will tell you what everyone needs to know.
0: So here's the scoop. Now, this, my situation actually did happen during the pandemic, but I'm sure that this is, we don't have to be sheltering in place for there to be, let's shall we say, employees behaving badly, right? Um, now my work style, if you will, is to, I believe, in keeping the employees informed, you know, if there's a change, you want to explain why, I try and keep it conversational. I try and encourage everyone to work well together as a team. Now, I, I you know, as soon as it's, for me, when things happen, I always start to wonder what did I do wrong? And I'm going to come to that, but let me just tell you what happened. So recently I received a text from one of my uh, staff to tell me he overslept. And, and would it be okay if he came in, you know, in the afternoon? And when I picked my chin up, I responded and said, you know, we all need a nap, but we still manage to get to work every day. So just grab a cuppa and hire yourself on enter the office. And then I get a response, hey, thanks for understanding. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> that is not what I said. What I said was, get some coffee if you need it, but get dressed into the office ASAP. So, you know, I don't like to speak harshly to folks. I don't wanna be overly firm. I'm not anybody's mama. Well, in the office, I am a, I am a stamped and certified mom of two, but I do try not to treat my employees like children. But I was just completely baffled how he could misunderstand what I had said. So essentially, he did respond, oh, okay, I'll be right there. And I don't know what time he came in, but I'm sure he took his time. And the sad thing about it, he lives on site. So there was no excuse, fresh out of excuses. Now the backstory to this little situation, if you will, is that <clears throat> I don't remember the conversation. Oh, yes, it was. He had put in once again for time off on, through our payroll system And I hadn't responded quickly enough, apparently, because he said when I told him I was busy and I didn't even look at it, he goes, oh, I thought I was your favorite. So that was a big red flag for me. If my manager tells me that he thinks he's my favorite, I, of course, have to comb the archives of my cobwebby mind and say, what could have given him that impression? So, that's my point about, you know when you manage, when your staff does something wrong, it kind of turns it inward, like what did I do wrong? So'm I'm, I'm still navigating that question, and I'll just give you the inside scoop. He took off again this week. So this leads me to wonder many things about why he takes so much time off. Of course, naturally, I've made up my own story, but I don't have to air anybody's dirty laundry. But for the purposes of this convo, I'm just saying, because I had already told him that he takes too much time off, especially for someone who wants to advance within the company. Um, I didn't think he was setting a good example for his staff that he manages. Um, But I tried to tell him that if he does make into the corporate office, he cannot take off every 15 minutes. So after this latest episode, I said, well, might be time to pull up my chair and uh, have a little fireside chat. Now, Cecile, you probably have your own horror story or given that I revere the ground that you walk on career-wise, I'm sure you have a bit better, but what, what, what situation or, you know, what happened to you?
1: You know, it's funny when someone shares a personnel story I think most leaders just start, you know, you either start grimacing or saying, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, you know, because I wanna, I I believe for most leaders, no one likes to have a personnel problem. And, you know, because most of, unless you're in HR, this is really not what you're there for. And so when you first get this inkling one you start having a conversation so i want to you know i'm going to set this up a little bit on my side uh because i like two words that you said backstory and the archives Uh, i do believe there's always a story to everyone's situation and sometimes you just don't get what the situation is We, we as leaders i mean clearly you talk to this guy and he's talked to you more than once. He's kind of told you, you know, what he's interested in. So, yeah, there's something, you know, probably going on here. And, um, and you know, you start going along. Things seem to be okay. But then something happens. And oh, now I got to go back into the archives. What happened before with this person? So with that being said, I have, I mean, two very, I guess, probably the maybe the worst situations that I've encountered. One is that uh, with an older person, an older person where both, uh, actually I was not the first level supervisor, but in helping my supervisor navigate how you talk to an older person, you know, we, we have all sorts of laws and regulations no matter whether you're talking public and private, both most of us have the same rules and regulations about that. So that's the first thing is how do how do I talk to this person? The second thing is, um, and one of the things that came out, well, let me, okay, let me launch into it real quick. So I'm talking to age, gotta be careful age discrimination. The second one is where, from my standpoint, this is public, where you have an idea what the person makes. And so while we may not know exactly what they make, because there are steps along the way, but for a person that's been around for umpteen years, and you know what grade they are, you have an idea what they make. And so one of the things that any manager, whether it's first level or, or second level, is when you have a problem employee, what's the impact to the whole, the, really the entire office? And the situation I'm talking about really did impact the entire office because they saw that this person was not doing their job. And when they didn't do their job, other people had to do this person's work. So that was really a problem. And, you know, the employees are grumbling uh, to the extent that one person made a comment about you make X dollars and you can't do any better than this. Mm -hmm. So now, whether you are a manager that wants to say anything or not, you are bound to say something, you have to say something. So that was uh, the second criteria. The third thing was that this person apparently had some medical conditions, when you asked her, she wouldn't tell you what they were. And so now, you know, the manager's hands are just tied. What what do I do with this situation? And so this situation started with, okay, documenting what the person was doing or not doing. The supervisor did what she thought she should do. Well, as it turned out, we have, uh, again, I'm gonna say what I'm sure every organization has uh human relations or personnel department every organization is going to have that secondly a lot of places i have unions uh there's a union that protects the employees not the supervisor but protects the employees and then the third thing which i've already mentioned is eeo so now
0: i'm sorry i said an acronym so obviously you want to say what an acronym
1: an equal name. employment opportunity So that is a federal standard for all places of employment. And so when you look at those things, sometimes people aren't, but this particular supervisor actually was very good at looking through the regulations and and trying to understand what she needed to do. And so she went to a couple of offices to get some help the bugaboo, I'll just use that term that occurred was while she had started to document this person, but there were other things that she needed to do in terms of the timing of the documentation and how was it actually communicated to the employee and whether you know there's a witness or not. And so with that in mind, I want to just say that We did have the communication with the employee and the things that we will, both Larissa and I will mention later, the things that every manager needs to follow will pretty much be consistent for both situations that we give. And and I think later I may provide another example depending on how much time we have, but, I wanted to say for personnel issues, the other thing that kind of was a takeaway from what Larissa was saying and some of the things I was saying or thinking about is the word consistency. Uh, Managers have to be careful that they are consistent on how they work with their employees or uh, problem children or whichever case. But, you know, the good and, you know, the, the less than ideal person, particularly when we are trying to manage expectations.
0: So, you know, you you mentioned something about, first of all, ageism, which has been, I don't use the word age, and that's not the right word. What I want to say is concerns about talking to an older employee, whereas some of my difficulties if you will or concerns have been around working with I'm going to go ahead and say the younger employee because okay that might be another rabbit hole so I'm probably just going to leave it right there but
1: no 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 please go ahead because I I can I would like to talk about a young employee too so yeah tell us about that
0: no I, I just want to say that there are generational differences And and there are different expectations around the workplace. That's right. Some, I don't want to, I hate to generalize, but, you know, in seeking answers from my reading, if you will, um, I'll I'll use the term millennials. But for example, this group of, um, I don't know, age group of employees have a tendency to want to be promoted quickly. They like. to receive regular Um, praise and training so that they can advance and know that there's a direct path. So it's also been said that if they have these things, they will work hard for you. But if you're in an an environment such as mine, I suppose, which is conservative and it does not think outside the box, that's a different, um, oh, what's that word? That's a different measure to meet when you are, first of all, these things are not verbalized actually. For, for, for me. let me just again, I, I want to try and keep it to my experience. but I'm sure that you guys can relate to some of these things and we know these have been my experiences. but so not to over over explain, but again, so I have a new when I have a new employee, you know they go through the HR, they sign way too many documents, but then I spend time with that employee when I'm onboarding them to try and indoctrinate them into the company to try and help them understand my work expectations, what their job is gonna be, you know, try and help them problem solve, more importantly, to give them resources. Because number one, I know their hair has blown back, been blown back, you know, they spend all that time with HR. Then they get to talk to me. So you know they're cross-eyed by the time they get to me. So I understand that they're not gonna keep all that in because it's just too much. So first of all, my orientation is more than one day. It takes a couple of days at least just to get them started. And then I have them work with other uh, their peers. So again, they can get a different flavor, if you will, of what to expect in the office. So it's not like I'm not trying, but since we're, you know, in this little private podcast, I'll tell you, I also get very frustrated because I have done everything logically, you know, what can logically be expected, but the results are not always the same. And In conclusion, and I'm lying, it's not a conclusion, but I will also add that say from the job that I had before I came to this position was, I did learn not to make assumptions about what people know and what they have learned in the past. Everyone has their own experience and you know that everyone brings their own set of luggage, their baggage to work. So I know this is the environment that I work in, but when you're in the heat of the moment, maybe some of that mm, calm reason goes out the window. So to just to tie up this last fellow uh, that I was talking about, um, I, I do want to say that again, you know, we're having this conversation, like why did he think he was my favorite? And, you know, again, was it something I had done? I will also add that because he wanted to be promoted, I felt that as his supervisor, it was my job to help him develop professionally. So I did probably spend more time with him to explain things, to try and train him on different aspects of what his bright future might look like. So, you know, but I will say when I was just speaking of my my new hire orientation, I did not hire this person. I inherited him. I have no idea what kind of supervisor he had besides me, before me. Um, And he's actually been with the company longer than I am, but he is not, you know, he is not advanced. He is a good technician but his leadership needs a little bit of seasoning, shall we say. So, (laughs) you know, I inherited him. And then, of course, when I'm supervising men, I'm not the honey that I used to be, but I do try and be careful to make sure that it is always professional so that there are no misunderstandings about what what my attention might mean. I want you to do the best job for the company and I want you to advance with the company. And this is why I'm explaining and spending extra time with you. So there was a whole quagmire of things to unpack with this little situation. I mean, you know, he's still with the company. I'm not, you know, you don't throw out the baby with the bathwater, as the saying goes, but it does not get easy. And I'm going to actually lean back over and have Cecilia kind of dive into it a bit because again as the extraordinary leader that she is you know she has spent some time in working with and otherwise figuring out how to work with millennials and the different folks that we encounter in the workplace so it sounded like you had another example that you wanted to share
1: yes yes thank you I remember when um several years ago, maybe 10 years when the, what we call the millennial generation start coming into organizations. And so we had a group of leaders who were kicking and screaming, oh, I don't wanna deal with this. And then you had the other half that said, well, you know what, they're not going anywhere. So somehow we need to figure out how to deal with them, correct? And so some, somebody in their infinite wisdom decided, oh, everybody needs diversity training, but the diversity training in this case was about the generations. And so for me, I, I know maybe the last five, six years, I I really started taking a hard look at that and just to really look at, you know, I have employees from all the spectrum from again, young, right out of college to those nearing retirement. And so as I looked at the organization, it's one, how to blend this. Okay, but now side chats. With that in mind, you have to look at the whole organization as to what kind of organization do you want to have so that you can be productive, so that you can get out of employees what you need them to do. Then secondly, Onboarding. You mentioned onboarding. That is so key. And even when you inherit an employee, um, I always advise that you must have your own expectation management discussion with them because unfortunately, sometimes you inherit an employee where the previous supervisor just did nothing. You're left with a problem. And that was really what the example that I first gave and I actually went to HR about it because they were sort of pushing on us to do something and my quite frank discussion with them was how many employees I went back and looked at her personnel file and saw how many people had passed this person on and that's what happens sometimes because people don't want to do this this is hard nobody wants to take this personnel problem and do what they're supposed to as we are as leaders required to do they just kind of passed her on and so you you don't have that to arm you to say okay you know this has been documented here all of a sudden you're the one that's documenting so that's another concern where you got to kind of look at what happened before when you have an inherited employee onboarding is sometimes it's To give a person a chance before they get to this calling in and giving you these excuses is okay we're going to let's go back to what our onboarding session was what was my expectations or you know somebody else's expectations. And so it's kind of a feedback loop uh, that's very necessary. I find that that's kind of another missing thing that happens in organizations because sometimes people just don't do it. It's like, hey, I told you, there you go. Well, understanding how the different generations, how they have to be communicated with really is kind of eye-opening. And that's not what this is about. So I don't want to talk about that. But now that let's say I've done those two steps and now we're... We've got the employee in the office and you you start telling them, you know, why you call them in, that you've had a conversation with them before about this. And they start talking about, you know, some other things. Uh, Well, this is what happened the last time or, well, that's not what this is about. And immediately, while you're trying to be respectful and trying not to perhaps be frustrated or lose your cool, it's, Okay, let's get back on point here. We we, we have a topic here. The topic issue, the topic is what I called you in here for. So that's like number one is staying on topic. Uh, Another thing is being specific because all of this, you have to really keep in mind that this really could become a bigger issue later where you have to go to somebody outside of your organization you know, whether, you know, because your employees, as, and, and I think you can relate to this, Larissa, employees complain. They can go oh, to their unions.
0: I people don't. uh never.
1: Yeah. Uh, there are horror stories about the tables being turned on somebody who's called an employee who clearly is not doing their job, and they've gone to a union. So you have to be very clear, you have to be very specific, and you need to have, really write down what you said to them and actually ask them to sign it if they will. So those are just two very important things. And then uh, I wanna say before you have that wrap up is when you state expectations, and this is something I've, I've learned along the way, sometimes we don't realize, we, 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 you know we said it, hey, I gave them my expectations. Did you hear them come back to you with anything that they understood? Because you want them to say, I understood. And if, and, you know, and if you're having that, okay, hopefully you do this over Zoom or FaceTime if you're not in the office, because you need to have that eye contact and seeing some verbal cues that they're getting what you're saying, not doing something else. So that was one of the reasons we wanted to talk about this COVID environment. I always tell people, hey, make sure you are looking with your employees face-to-face because that fireside chat, that's why we call it fireside chat, is we want to be in the same room and making sure that they're at least following you a little bit. So um, you want to talk about some of the complaining employees, Larissa? Any possible situation?
0: Uh, uh, Well, no, we don't have that much time. So the thing of it is, I mean, I know in my particular situation, we ask our employees to do a lot. And so I really do believe it's the leader's role to support the team, if you will, with all the resources that they need to be successful in the job that they were hired to do. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Now, you, you said you didn't want to talk about it, but we have to say at least for briefly that communication is... A make or break and I I, when I when I come up on a situation there have been one or two that you know there has been a breakdown in communication I remind the person that you know uh, just because there are words in the air said between two people does not mean communication has taken place
1: oh absolutely
0: absolutely so you 200 percent have to I would say repeat you know the point you right. also probably want to consider rephrasing the point, because if they have got that deer in the headlights, look, they don't know what you said. That's right. They don't know what you meant. Right. And I really say that. <laughs> now, this is a strange one for me. I have people trying to interpret what I said. And so I remind them, you don't have to interpret anything I said. What you need to do is hear the words that I said. What I said is what I meant. So I feel like I do try and not not you know patting myself on the back and feeling sorry. I'm just stating I do feel that I try and be clear. Now, given that we are in the land of technology, I do write a lot of emails. But when there is, like I said, when there's a change or when there's a situation, I try and explain. I want them to know why I'm asking someone to do this. I want them to know you know what's coming down the pipeline. I want them to have the whole picture so they can make better decisions. Now, that doesn't always happen, but again, I'm trying to improve on communications. I do have verbal conversations. I like talking to my staff when they're not giving me a hard time, but um, I enjoy talking to my staff, but I do also put things in writing so they will have a resource to refer back to. So, I mean, (laughs) we could talk about this for a good long while because it's just that important. And so, as you're listening, you have to ask yourself, are you managing a staff or are you being... You know someone supervising over you so kind of if someone is your if you're not in a leadership position kind of consider the other side of the story right there are usually two sides to every situation so consider how are you as an employee and if you are managing t- managing team how are you being as a leader so you do you do need to set the stage for success that is your job starts with communication and it isn't a one-time communication you should be in regular contact with your staff right and you want to you want to make it you know it's been called an open door policy whatever you want to call it you want to be accessible right because it is your job to to lead train and develop the staff I don't care what it says on the paper that's what you're required to do. that's what your role is exactly all in the obviously in the uh end goal of achieving the company's missions and goals, right? You know, big picture story. So there are pieces pieces to every pie, if you will. But I mean, everyone has a role and everyone has a a position and everyone has specific requirements. And we're just trying to bring all the pieces together. And sometimes when some of those pieces fall by the wayside, you do need to pick them back up. And if the employee is redeemable, that sounds a little harsh, I don't, I don't like operating in a punitive environment where you have to just, you do have to document, but I mean, if it comes to that, you do wanna have that information available. But at the end of the day, ideally things will work smoothly, your employees are listening, they're going, they're developing, and you are a good team leader and the team is functioning and the work is getting done. So I know Cecilia said these things, I just want to um, kind of clarify, but, I'm being flagged down. Let me let her talk. This well, is conversation.
1: No, no. I, I just wanted to see, you know, I just wanted to remember this one thought. <laughs> I think I almost lost the thought. But uh, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly what you said. Um, the, some of my words had to do with both and what we expect for, from the employee, but also to protect the supervisor because a lot of times the supervisor is not protected. And so you as a manager, uh, some of my words are for the managers for themselves to be protected. And so one of the things, as you said, we're trying to grow our employees, we're trying to lead them, we're trying to help them grow. And so when you have this employee that you have to call in, it is a reminder to them, hey, I'm trying to help you. However, as you said, but you're not meeting not just my expectations, the expectations from the company. Because one thing that some of our problem employees have, it's they put it back on you. And it's very, you have to be very careful about um, them spinning things and not taking ownership. Because remember early on, not only did I talk about expectations management, it's the accountability end of it. And so with that accountability part becomes that we don't just leave it here. We also tell them, you know, so since we've had this chat, we're gonna have a follow up. And so base, you know, it's up to you what you're gonna do with this chat. So I'm going to, um, we're gonna, you know, check back with each other. So I'm gonna give you a deadline to say, um, based on what we talked about, you know, if there are any other issues, you know, certainly you can come talk to me about it, but I would like to, you know, set a time frame when we can talk again. Uh, now, if it's something, you know, somewhat minor, but again, chances are if you've called the person in because they've had some behavior before, you probably do need to have a follow-up. And the follow-up may simply be, hey, I see you've taken to heart what I said, that's great, things are going well, because we do need to give the pats on the back. We do need to acknowledge that I'm, I care about you, that I care about you doing better. So um, I, I think it's important a lot of times to have that, you know, what we would consider a positive. And in the end, that is kind of a win-win for everybody. Because again, we're trying to get them to be a viable employee. And guess what? It's not only you and that employee, but other people in the office see when employees aren't doing what they're supposed to do. They see a person coming in late. And while they may never ask you about it, because it's not their business to ask you about it, but they can wonder about it. So... Others need to see that you are handling a situation, because I have been in offices where people did not have handled the situation. I've been in offices where the supervisor didn't handle it, so it came to me as a deputy, which, you know, uh, some people are more apt to handle situations than others, and I have found, since we're talking to women, that women usually are better at doing this type of chat with their employees more so than the men. Not always. Again, we try not to generalize, but a lot of times the women are better at that. So that was some of my uh, closing remarks that I wanted to um, make sure we throw in there because it says, you know, it's uncomfortable, but it does happen and you just want to be prepared for it and do the best you can so that everybody comes out feeling good about it.
0: So that was newsy. That was nice to be reminded women rock, right? We got it. But, um, you know, so still we are here to support you with some finer points on the ins and outs of managing your team. So you've heard the adage that, you know, you praise in public, discipline in private, right? So you definitely want to schedule an appointment. You wanna stay on topic. Don't rehash the entire employment history. You wanna talk about the specific situation and why it's not acceptable and you want to set expectations and a timeline for corrective behavior and obviously you want to do it in such a manner that it's not demoralizing so the person can leave the room intact but you know thinking about their new path and how they want to change their behaviors this presumes that they want to stay with the company but you know we don't <laughs> this is a fireside chat this isn't the firing chat right so We'll, we'll maybe come back to that another time if that situation comes up. But again, just wanted to tie things up with a bow to make sure that you have something to hang your hat on. And again, if you have some questions that we can help you with, by all means, send us a message or you know reach out to us. If you have anything that you want to add or inquire about, we'd love to hear from you. So I think that is me, Cecilia. Do you have anything else or should we go ahead and Let the folks get on with their
1: evening. I think we'll let folks go on. I think that uh, this will probably stir some juices in some of our listeners' minds. So we can call it done. It's never done when it comes to people because, again, you're going to always run into different types of people, different situations. But it always helps you just to be a focused leader, just ready to handle whatever is thrown your way. And we are here to, again, as Larissa said, if you just want to just chat about the what-ifs, we can do that too. So thank you for listening.
0: Super awesome. Thank you, everyone. Today's episode of Divas, Diamonds, and Dollars was brought to you by Pink Passport Society. Pink Passport Society is a membership community of lady moguls and multipreneurs on the go. If you'd like to find out more, please visit our website, pinkpassportsociety.org. We will see you next week. Cheers.